You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. It's the Broncos Camp Podcast. I'm Andrew Mason. Thanks for joining me. And also, thanks to Ryan Edwards and Steve Atwater for dropping by the Pat Bowen Fieldhouse Studio. Ryan, take it away. Let's talk about the new addition in Theo Riddick added this week. Of course, he was with the Detroit Lions. Very, very uh, impressive running back out of the backfield. A slot receiver at times for them. Mace, his role in this offense seems to be uh, pretty obvious at this point. You know he's going to be catching the ball. Yeah, he'll run a little bit, but his role will, will be to be a receiver out of the backfield, in the slot, even lined up wide from time to time. We've seen him all over the place already in just the three practices we've had a chance to watch with Theo Riddick. In the last four seasons alone, he's averaged 62 catches per year. No running back in the NFL has more catches over the last four seasons than Theo Riddick. That's his role. The question now becomes, is he taking a spot from a running back or a wide receiver? Yeah, that is the big question because he did play quite a bit of slot. And, and the thing is, in this offense, if you, especially if you're putting two backs in the backfield with Joe Flacco, you can motion one out, you can motion one into the slot. There is something to be said about your point there. Maybe we're actually talking about snaps away from Deshaun Hamilton? I doubt that. Um, I, I doubt it because... I would imagine if we go two backs, it may be a, a, a tight end. Maybe they're running some 20 with two backs, no tight ends. Maybe not. But I can't imagine them taking uh, snaps away from Deshaun Hamilton for a, a back who, yeah, he, he's really good at running routes, but he's not as good as Deshaun Hamilton and the rest of those running backs at running routes. Now, if the, if they can get some type of mismatch to where they know for sure that a linebacker or a safety is going to be covering them, absolutely. But if it's just going to be a, a cornerback covering him or uh, you know someone who's used to playing man to man coverage on guys, I don't think I don't see too much of a benefit to doing that. Or maybe his role is to bring a linebacker out of the box and oh, open yeah. things up down the middle. That's the kind of thing you can do in terms of not only causing mismatches, but opening up possibilities for the others. Let's say you've got, for example, Noah Fant on the other side. Let's, if Theo Riddick takes a linebacker away that might be used to cover Noah Fant, Noah Fant might find himself in the kind of one-on-one matchup against, say, a safety who is smaller than he is, and he can simply out-jump him, out-position him, do that little basketball box-out thing to get the ball. Do that again. The basketball box out. Well, when I when I played basketball, I remember having coach that told you for a box out, you got to get your butt in there. And yeah. so I'm moving my butt. It's a all bit. in the hips. <laughs> yes, it's all, all in the hips. hips. <laughs> if Theoretic catches sixty passes this year, or around his average of sixty-two last four, what does that mean for this offense? It means he might lead the team in receptions. Whoa. He'll be right there because if they're going to spread the ball around quite a bit, this could be something of a work-by-committee in terms of getting the ball downfield in the passing game. Joe Flacco, he does like to spread it around to myriad targets. He has that reputation over the course of his career. If he's getting 60 passes, it's possible that maybe he is one of perhaps four guys with 50-plus on the roster. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Well, I mean, it would surprise me if we spread it around that much. And I definitely want to see some diversity with who gets the ball, but... You know, I would imagine there's going to be one or two guys who he says, these are my go-to guys, guys I got to go to in the clutch, and they'll get a majority, a majority of the, the, the throws from Joe Flacco. And, uh, you know, we know he likes throwing to the tight end. We know that he 
can get the ball deep downfield to an Emmanuel Sanders or whoever the speedster on the team will be. I don't know, will, will, will it be uh, the, the rookie Jawan uh, Winfrey? Jawan Winfrey. Does, that, is, does he have blazing speed like, like Emmanuel? Remains to be seen. But Flacco can get him the ball down the field. I like how you didn't say, we'll see. You said, remains to be seen. What are you doing? You changed evolved? it up, man. Yeah, you evolved it on I me. change it up. <laughs> Add some syllables. Yeah. Stretch it out a little bit. Uh, there we go. That, that's what it looks like. Okay, well, last one here. Devontae Booker. Okay, so I think most people almost immediately said, okay, this is bad news for Devontae Booker. But can we find a scenario where Devontae Booker, they keep four running backs, and Devontae Booker is on this roster? There's a scenario. It involves either only having two quarterbacks or we've talked about four tight ends. Is it possible they only keep three? And that's where the fourth running back spot comes oh, from. Man, I have a hard time seeing that. It's a, it's an offense that with the two backs or two tight. I, I mean, it just it seems like the numbers make sense to keep four tight ends. And I think they still end up keeping six receivers. It's a possibility they only go with five. But if your kickoff slash punt returner comes from the wide receiver position, that's your sixth receiver. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to get kind of tricky though. I mean, is is. Um, Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker. Is he that number four right now? I mean, Kafani Muhammad is making a push as well. That's a good point. He's, tra- he's making a strong case to be on this football team. He's, you know, he returned kickoffs, returned punts, and he had a very good game against the Atlanta Falcons, and he's going to have an opportunity to build on that against the Seahawks. But you can usually slip those types of players through the practice squad. Generally speaking. Well, generally, but we have five preseason games. Right. These guys are going to get a ton of run. It's a great point you bring up. Plus, remember, Devontae Booker on the last year of his contract, Would you? Ra- you're already a pretty young room. Would you rather stay in that direction? For me, if Devontae Booker makes this roster, he's your kick returner. I mean, he's not only your kick returner, but he's also going to play special teams in a myriad of roles. He has to. He kind of has to, right, at this point. Is that is that the role? The other observation or thought here is, look, there's going to be injuries to running backs. The Broncos might they're, – they're in no rush to move Devontae Booker off this roster at all at this point. No, you can wait. You can see it through all of training camp, all of the preseason. Inevitably, at a high attrition position like running back, guys around the league are going to get hurt – hey, that injury might even be in Denver. And then if that's the case, heaven forbid something happens to a running back. But if it does, Devontae Booker's right there and he's experienced. He can help you out. What what do you guys see as his role on this team, though? I mean, do, do you see him having a primary role on this team? Not a primary, but a special teams role. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that's where kind of – and plus he's he's veteran be- depth. I mean, look, you've got a still pretty young group at the top of that list. Yeah. Uh, that's where he'd ultimately fall into. There was a little bit of a kerfuffle in camp earlier this week with uh, Corlin Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders. Nice word, by the way. Kerfuffle. Thank you. I knew you'd appreciate Donnie that. Brooke. Yeah, Donnie Brook. Yeah, a little Dust bit, a little bit of that. And we we've had a couple of uh, scuffles, <laughs> minor. It's all pretty minor stuff. But it's an interesting thing for me because different coaches feel different about fighting in camp. Some of them like a little bit of that, showing a little bit of passion, and some of them really, really shy away from it. Vic Fangio, the kind of guy, does not like it. It's the part of the death by inches. Hey, we're wasting time. Yeah. These are these are snaps. These are moments we could have in camp that are wasted. Uh, Steve, I'd love to know kind of your thoughts on on if there's ever an appropriate time to have a little bit of fighting in camp. Fighting, no. Now, a little bit of pushing and shoving after the play, that's going to happen as a part of the game. But I'm I'm a a 
big believer that, yeah, fighting is not good for the team. It's not good for the culture. It doesn't breed discipline. It breeds undisciplined. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not for the fighting. I like it to be stopped and nipped in the bud as quickly as possible and for the coach to put their foot down that we're not allowing this. Okay, so Mace, you've been around the NFL a long time. You've known a, a bunch of coaches that have mm-hmm. viewed it different as well. Where do you come down? Well, when you've got an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman scuffling after play, we actually saw that on Tuesday when Deshaun Williams and Don Barclay and Tremont Jones was also involved, got into it. I don't really worry about that. Even though Vic Fangio appeared upset Deshaun Williams and took him aside after that, that's pretty natural given the physicality of things in the trenches. Sometimes even receiver versus cornerback, they're going one-on-one. It can get heated after a while, and you may sometimes see a scuffle. Now, two receivers, two guys in the same room going at it, water bottles being thrown, that is unusual. Mm-hmm. That is something that I'm a little bit concerned about. They did their best to kind of deflect and diffuse it a day later, but you certainly hope that there aren't some feelings simmering below the surface that bubble up during a position meeting, for example, because those wide receivers, they're going to spend a lot of time this year in close proximity with each other. They don't have to be buddy-buddy, but they've got to get along. Well, you know, a lot of times, I know athletes, they may get into it, and, you know, I'm sure other people in other parts of society, too, do as well, but, you know, athletes can get over things relatively quickly and put it behind them and really never have another problem. I had an incident when I was in college with a guy. He's a cornerback. I was a safety. We got into it. Uh, later on that night, we were having a good time together and uh, never had another another problem from that point on. So uh, it certainly can happen. Not saying that that's going to be the case here. That's, I think that's what we all hope for. We hope that, you know, the guys will be able to, you know, just squash it and uh, move on because they, they have the same goals in mind. They want to they win and they want to, uh, be on a, on, a, on a great team and uh, receive uh, those deep passes from mm-hmm. Joe Flacco. You're hoping it's just kind of a sibling rivalry type of thing. When they met the media Tuesday, they talked about, hey, we're both from Texas, both from SMU. We feel like we're brothers. And if it's just you know a couple of brothers who are scuffling, I mean, well, that happens with any set of siblings, basically. And if that happens with these two metaphorical siblings, then it can be water under the bridge and you move on. You hope it's that. And I ultimately think it's going to be that too. I'd love to pick your brain a little bit more on that. So you talked about with the with cornerback. So in the DB room, did you ever notice when it comes to maybe a bit of an age gap? So like a younger player, you were an older player or vice versa when you were younger and older players, does that ever become a little bit of a thing between the, the two? Well, yeah, I've seen that happen when older players don't respect the younger players and, you know, mm. think they can just kind of run roughshod on them and the younger players like, no, 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 I'm not having that. And, you know, but, you know, the older player normally figures it out like, okay, well, you know, I got to I got to treat them the way I treat the rest of my guys. And like, fortunately for me, you know, coming here to Denver, uh, Dennis Smith, Carl Mecklenburg, those guys, they never disrespected me. Now, they may have gotten on me about something like, hey, you, you got to make sure you do this this way. And, you know, I was open to it. Like, okay, all right, my bad. I, I'll get it right next time. But, uh, you know, there, there was there's certainly a, a level of respect there even when they spoke to me. And, and you know, from my, uh, from, from my experience, the biggest thing is lack of disrespect. I've seen older guys disrespect younger guys, and, uh, you know, they aren't having it. I mean, it seems like a fine line to walk, right? Because you you have coaches for that reason, right? The coaches are there to sort of help correct behavior, correct certain things that are happening with the team as far as mechanics, fundamentals. But on the other side of that, 
You need veteran leaders in the locker room. You need guys to be able to to push these guys and, yeah. and have the pulse of the team, too. This seems like a really fine line to walk. I mean, but, I mean no one really knows. I mean, I don't know why they were arguing and what, what was the genesis of it, but, you know, whatever it was, fortunately they were able to, to get over it. And hopefully it was genuine that, you know, they, they're, they, they've squashed it. Uh, again, though, it's, it's uh, you know, really, yeah, you're right. The... Older guys normally have a little bit more say-so because they've been there. Younger guys normally look up to them, and, you know, they got to help lead the team. But if the older guy isn't doing that properly, you know, you can be disrespectful and do it, or you can be respectful and do it. And I think the guys respect to, you know, they respect guys who do it respectfully uh, and, and get on them and that, but in a certain type of way. But if, if it's if they sense some disrespect, man, it's, it's going to be a little bit of pushback. Yeah, and that's something that was sort of an issue the last couple of years, mm-hmm. not with guys coming to blows, but certainly a gulf between some older players and younger players in the locker room. And just as for these guys going at it, it can be a positive turning point for all we know. One of the better teams I ever covered had really the – the most significant on-field practice incident I've ever seen with my own eyes, and that was in 08 in Carolina, Steve Smith and Ken Lucas coming to blows during practice, and Steve Smith got suspended for two games because of that. But it helped bring that team together. They had their, you know, as they say down south, the, the come-to-Jesus moment. <laughs> yeah. They went 12-4, and four, had a very good season, and maybe the, it can be sort of a galvanizing point for the Broncos. Next, Ryan, Benjamin Albright of KOA News Radio, and I catch up with a pair of players who have had outstanding camps and have gone against each other frequently. First, on the defensive side, let's talk with defensive end Demarcus Walker. Boy, man, your name comes up every single day out here at training camp. How are you feeling about it so far? Stay humble. You just got to keep working. Do you think the uh, the added weight moving back to a more natural position for you in this scheme have been beneficial in what seems to be uh, uh, greater play over the last stretch? Faith, the hard work, and also the, the, the scheme. The scheme is very similar to what I played at Florida State. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it was very easy for me to assimilate. Dalton Reisner brought you up as someone he's uh, getting better by by going against. What do you take from the battles that you have with him in particular? Rise is good, you know. Uh, to be a you know most guards in the NFL have short arms, and him being a guard, uh, long arms with the attitude and everything. But uh, I'm sure like he don't, he doesn't. You don't normally face you know a 300 pound D tackle who can move like I can. So we just go at it, man. We get each other better every single day. You know, I look forward to going against, you know, uh, the ones and going against him and Ron Leary because, you know, I'm all about competition, just getting better. So that's the biggest thing. And generally speaking, what are some of the things that this offense brings that are good to test you guys out as to prepare you for the season? Man, everything. Uh, I love this offense. You know, it's, it's very the uh, the new school type offense y'all see nowadays. So that's definitely what, uh, you know, Coach Fangio brought to this uh, staff. And uh, I like it. You know, it gets – Really annoying, but you know that's what you, that's what you see most of the time. Uh, nine times out of ten, you know during the season, you were very disruptive in the Hall of Fame game, getting after the uh, the Falcons offense. What's the biggest challenge for Demarcus Walker going against Seattle and Russ Wilson or or those type of offenses? Man, just you know, just keeping God first and just keep working. You know, that's the biggest thing. You know, I, I definitely get a lot of compliments, but you know, I'm just staying humble, staying true to the process, and just keep getting better. That's that's my, I'm just keep saying that until probably the season over with, you know, y'all can get tired of it, but all, all, I, all I care about is just, just getting better every single day. You say annoying, what is the most annoying aspect of the offense facing it every day? 
uh, the freaking boots. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's really annoying. But, hey, you know, but, hey, like, you look at the Rams, you look at, you know, even the Patriots, uh, the Falcons, the 49ers, everybody does that a lot now, and, and it works. So, hey, you just got to assimilate. You mentioned staying humble. Is that as, a, as it relates to what's gone on the last couple of years for you here? Uh, it's just, you know, um, that's, that's just the, all right, I got you. You started something. Uh, no, that's just, you know, uh, me just stimulating my brain this all season and just, you know, just, uh, just being, you know, the guy for a man I am, you know, uh, just, you know, it just came with it. And, uh, you know, I just, just, I just thank God for the mindset I have now and just the work I put in just staying healthy and just, you know, just, just, just continue to work and continue getting better. How do you feel the challenges of the last couple of years makes you a better person? Uh, it's very humbling, you know what I'm saying? You know, definitely, um, you know, things not going the way I wanted to, but, you know, at the end of the day, God had a plan. And uh, definitely, like, just how, you know, how I'm working now and how things are going, you know, I couldn't be, you know, more, you know, thankful for, you know, what I went through. Because obviously, you know, uh, I had to go through some things, you know, to to, to go up in life. And uh, definitely, you know, um. Um, the sky's the limit, but at the end of the day, you just got to just, you know, put your cleats on, you know, uh, brush your teeth every morning, and just got to keep working. Last really quick one, Bill Kolar. What has been his some of his feedback for you? Uh, I haven't said much. You know, um, you know, Bill's, you know, a blue-collar guy. Uh, he's definitely, um, you know, he, he stays on everybody and makes sure everybody is, uh, you know, uh, getting better in practice so uh Kolar you know he haven't said much but uh he definitely if he if he don't say nothing to you that's when there's you know an issue but you know just gotta keep making you know the most of my opportunities now on to the offense for a few minutes with left guard Dalton Reisner shine with Dalton Reisner what did you take away from that Hall of Fame game you know it was my first NFL taste it was my first game in the NFL um, first time working with Garrett Bowles in a live setting and Connor McGovern. And, uh, you know, good game, but a lot to gain from that. You know, there's a lot of areas I can improve and uh, plan on doing that this Thursday. Do you think having those two guys start next to you in a game they otherwise wouldn't be playing in is personally beneficial to you? Of course, of course. Um, you know, I'm not so sure if I was here if they even would have been playing in that game. But I think that the coaches know how an offensive line works and how an offensive line needs to work together to be successful. And uh, the more reps that we can get uh, as a starting five uh, will only help us. What sort of improvement are you seeing in the cohesion of the line from week to week out here? Offensive line is so technical, it's crazy. Uh, you want to believe how day-to-day, whenever it's just the grind, how much you get familiar with a guy. So you know what they're doing. You know their communication. You, you come up with words um, when the defense starts to understand what you're talking about. You know what I mean? And every day you just see how you can p- continue to grow and grow with each other. I understand Connor more and more. I understand Garrett more and more. What's he's good, what is he good at? What does he need to work on? I'm sure they look at me every day and say, this is what Dalton needs to work on. This is what Dalton does a good job for me. Um, and you, as, you, as you do that every single day, you just grow and grow. And I think some of the best offensive lines uh, in the NFL are guys that are most comfortable with each other. Speaking of growth, it seems like the offense is really starting to click a little bit. Are you feeling the same way about it? That makes me extremely happy, man. Um, I'll leave that up to the coaches, but if you guys see that, that's awesome. That makes me happy because as an offensive line, you know, we take a lot of uh, pride in the offense doing a good job. Colorado kid putting on that uniform, Mr. B, going into the Hall of Fame, in the Hall of Fame game. How special was that moment for you? It was so special, and you know what? I, I told this uh, to someone after the game. It was just the fact that I got to represent the Broncos. I got to be a part of the team that was representing Champ Bailey and Pat Bolin uh, entering the Hall of Fame and putting on a gold jacket, and that, that meant a lot to me uh, growing up here in Colorado and just being able to represent the Broncos in an NFL game, let alone the Hall of Fame game. 
which Dean linemen have been the toughest to face and have made you better the last few weeks? All the offensive linemen do a heck of a job. Shelby Harris gives me a great look. Every one of them brings a different dynamic. Dynamic. Shelby does a great job. Adam Gotsis, uh, Derek Wolf, uh, Demarcus Walker. Uh, me and him go at it in practice. He's a great player. Um, when Chubb comes inside, he goes on me hard. Vaughn will line up on me sometimes. I mean, I get a taste to a lot of the guys, and um, they get me better every single day. I hope I do the same for them. Last question for me. Uh, things you want to build off from the Hall of Fame game to this game against Seattle? I want to come out and be a little bit more physical. Um, you guys will know. I'm, you guys might think I have the most physical game, but I'm always going to want to be more physical. I take a lot of pride in that. Uh, I think that's what good offensive linemen do. They're physical guys. So um, clean up my technique in a certain areas, maybe not be so anxious, and then come off the ball and get physical and mean. A team that generates a lot of pressure from the interior. How much do you think this is going to help you guys in your season-long prep? A ton. The, the Seahawks are a great uh, defensive front. They have great linebackers that are downhill. Um, they're guys that are going to be physical on the front four to the back three um, or the back four, whatever it is that they have in the box. They do an extremely good job. It's going to be a good test for um, us early in the game, and we got to go out there and see what we can do. Thanks for joining us on the Broncos Camp Podcast. Join us Thursday when we break down what to watch for against the Seahawks. Take care. Take care.